Hi guys, welcome to Jules and Phoebe, the bi-weekly pop culture and social commentary podcast brought to you by yours truly, Jules and Phoebe. Back in the studio. Boop, Back boop, in boop, the boop, studio. Boop. A little cheeky week off for us last week. Yes. Um, thank you to those of you who noticed and apologies for the unexpected break. I was actually traveling in the Middle East with work last week. Yeah, so that was a bit difficult. We couldn't record, but we're back. Back with a bang. Back with a bang. Thank you for tuning in. (laughs) How was the Middle East? It was good. It was full on from the perspective of I have never been to the Middle East before and had a very kind of westernized view of everything's just a hop, skip and a jump away from each other. So I was like, I'll do Qatar on Monday, Saudi Tuesday, Dubai Wednesday. You went to Saudi Arabia? Yeah, I was in Saudi, Doha, Riyadh, Dubai, Abu Dhabi and... That is so interesting because before it used to be very difficult for women to get visas to go to Saudi. It was so easy. Okay. Um, But we have friends who are living in Saudi now and they're like, it's so easy now. Mm. It's a lot freer now. And basically they're trying to make Riyadh the new Dubai and making a lot of investment. It was, it was, I mean, again, I messed it up because I thought that I'd be able to fly directly from Qatar to Saudi. I know there'll be people listening who are like, hmm. Obviously, hasn't tuned into the news lately. Anyway, you do not have freedom of movement between those two countries. So I had to fly into uh, Oman for a few hours, stay there, and landed into Riyadh at actually like half four in the morning and then left Riyadh at half past six that evening. So in terms of what I actually saw in Mm. Saudi, minimal. How long were you there? 24 hours? I wasn't even there 24 hours. I was there just like 14 hours. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. But... I had a really lovely time during those 14 hours and I'm nice. very keen to go back. Nice, nice. <laughs> so what's your your business attire when you're... Um, well, I wore a headscarf. Um, I wore a turban in Doha and then a headscarf in Riyadh. But those are things that I had anyway. I didn't buy anything. So, but I love you, a but fashion you, But you're quite modest in your dressing, actually. I, I am quite modest. Yeah. Quite shapeless, some might even say. Yeah, but that's the best way. If you're going to go to Saudi, uh, that's probably the best way. It was, yeah, it wasn't a million miles away from things that I would wear anyway. It was just long-sleeved top, um culottes or Mm -hmm. you know kind of cigarette trousers and i loved it had some delicious food particularly in dubai yeah food was food in dubai is another level wow wow it's another level that yeah i think when i went to dubai that's what i really loved like i loved the nightlife and i loved the food the culinary scene is so good in dubai i am you know this about me anyway i absolutely love my food and i went out with one of my dearest friends mira who lives there shout out to mira who i follow on instagram and is always posting the best food the best food it's a bit bit much she was like do you have any preferences and i was like oh i leave myself in your hand i had and i'll probably be thinking about it till the day i die i had salmon carpaccio Mm. which was just it was like butter in my (laughs) mouth I honestly haven't been able to stop thinking about it since I had to pick okay, up. Okay, forget the anyway, Irish so, tourism board. I, I think yeah, the yeah. Dubai, Dubai tourism, tourism board, board needs to pay you. <laughs> Are you recruiting? <laughs> honestly, I got like a quick itsu from from my lunch yesterday. Like, And they come down when you taste itsu salmon versus the salmon carbaccio I've been eating was very real. Anyway, loved it, but it was very busy. So hence us not being able to record last week. Oh, I had a busy week as well, but just like mainly work stuff. Did you have a nice Valentine's Day? I had a really nice Valentine's. <laughs> uh, it looked gorgeous. Okay, I had a really nice Valentine's, but then we went for dinner on Friday and we went to a restaurant in Notting Hill and it was very disappointing. Oh no. But what is like, it was like the set menu. They didn't have half the stuff on the set menu. Stop. Like the service was really not great. But it's so nice when you get to a certain level of maturity as a couple because you can just laugh. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not like a this is spoiled. the. Yeah. Evening. It's not it's like just... make or break. We're just like, yeah. yeah, whatever. And then on the Saturday, we had a like some socializing and stuff that we had to do. So we had like two birthdays that we needed to go to. But it was like such a nice weekend. Mm. And I'm just so grateful for my husband. (laughs) I honestly have such a great partner and I'm so grateful. It's so good to leave the house, interact with people, realize how dodgy people are and just realize (laughs) how blessed you are to have a good, decent person in your corner. So this Valentine's Day, I was just like, you know what? I'm really grateful 
first Valentine's Day as a married couple as well. Oh, um, yes, of course. Yeah. And we always like typically will like celebrate Valentine's Day. I think I'm more into it mm-hmm. than my husband is. But I think it is nice to just like have that time together. Yeah, I do so. think so. I get how some people think it's a cliche, but I do think as well, whether you're expressing love for a significant other or a friend or a sibling or whatever, it's nice to just take an opportunity to say, Hey, I love you and you mean a lot to me. I love you. I appreciate you. Mm-hmm. I mean, life is very, very short. And so, yes. so yeah, so it was really you nice to, um, yeah, I had like a, just a, I can't complain about life really. I'm running a half marathon. I'm training for a half marathon. Oh my goodness. I actually saw this on your Instagram the other day. Yes. Amazing. Which well is super done. cool. I've never run a half. I know you run marathons. I haven't run like- marathons. That was another, that was another life. That <laughs> yes. was Phoebe, a stone and a half lighter, but <laughs> She's keeping those clothes just in case. But. No, but you'll get back there. So for me, it's just Amazing. like, I want to set goals around. Like just going to the gym and just not having a goal. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to just not yeah. push yourself. Well, you, you sometimes don't know how far you've come unless you've got something to measure it against. You, yeah, you don't know how far you've come. So mm-hmm. I said, you know what? I'm going to run a half marathon. So I'm going to do the Hackney half. So that should be pretty cool. So that's it. Shout out to one of my old running crews, Rundem crew, yeah. who have a big cheer station at Hackney Half as well. Nice. You'll know it when you see it. It's as you come over the hill. But just why didn't about. you get back into the crew? It's just like... Too much work? Yeah, it's not even too, it's not even too much work because they are a great group of people if anyone is ever looking to get into running or even if you've just moved to London and you don't know anyone, I can't recommend them highly enough. It's almost like, you know, when you can't remember how you had that much time in your week to like train and do everything else and so when I think about the marathons that I ran and stuff like that I'm like no that there must have been an extra hour in the day or an extra day in the week I think what it actually turns out it was is when Charles was living in Berlin so we were doing long distance so basically Mm. Monday through Friday I was pretty much single so that's true No, no, that's true. I think it's so hard to find the time and the energy. Now, that being said, when you want it, you make it work. So I mm-hmm. guess maybe I just don't want it enough now. right now. Yeah. But I do think that's amazing. Well done. Yeah, thank you. So that's something. And the weather is always scorchio for Hackney Half. Randomly. Boom, boom. in but my crop top. Yeah, pow, oh yeah, pow. she's going to be. And my short shorts. The abs boom, are going to be boom. out for jewels. <laughs> 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 Woo! <laughs> yeah so i'm just like yeah that's it just trying to stay active mm-hmm. and so that's basically my news Super. do you have anything you'd like to share um just before i went to the middle east my husband had a tumor removed from his mouth which fortunately we believe is benign but while we're shouting people out shout out to the nhs Boom. um big shout out to the nhs yeah basically found a lump towards the end of last year saw a consultant got all the referrals so got that removed and that was just before I went to the Middle East so a couple of Fridays ago so dealing with that as well and it's just so strange I don't know if you've ever had anything kind of cancerous removed I've had a cancerous kind of mole removed on my back and it hurts so much more than you ever expect it to and I think that Charles God love him was not expecting it to be painful oh so it hurts oh my god it hurts so much so what is it that hurts Well, I think certainly for myself, when you get a piece of cancerous tissue removed, they burn right down to like the the very bottom layers of the skin, basically, to make sure that they've removed everything. And it's just like the ache of a big chunk of flesh being taken out. And yeah, God love him. He's been in a bit of pain. He's been on a great liquid only diet. So his cheekbones are even more pronounced at the moment. <laughs> gaunt. Obviously, a gaunt. <laughs> Obviously, I've just been eating the food that he can't eat. So the opposite has happened to me. But yeah, shout out to the NHS. And also just a quick reminder to everyone who's listening, go for checkups. If you see something and you think it doesn't look right, just go to your GP, ask for a referral. You know, it's just not Preventative worth it. Preventative health is absolutely crucial Mm -hmm. and yeah i'm just so lucky to have decent insurance Mm -hmm. and be able to just live a life where i can take care of myself well and also just if someone is listening to this and thinking oh and have the nhs like and they have the nhs but if someone's listening to this and thinking i've been meaning to do that for a while please let this be your sign from god or whoever Mm. just do it because i'm always thinking oh i really need to go to the dentist and get such and such a thing done or i must like Guys, 
just say oh i've got a doctor's appointment i need to go and get this sorted mm. it is prioritize yourself 2020 prioritize yourself i'm please like i'm the opposite if my temperature is off <laughs> i'm literally at the doctor they're like there's nothing wrong with you <laughs> Literally, like last year went to senegal came back and was just so like shattered and Mm -hmm. like had a fever i was like oh my god i think i have malaria i'm at the ucl (laughs) hospital (laughs) they're like doing like all the tests even with the dentist i'm always at the dentist they're like my best friends i have like my my roadmap of like Mm -hmm. things i need to get done like with my teeth so i kind of envy people that can put those things to the side because i just can't like i'm like think the, the 15 it. minutes before i fall asleep at night is always when i'm thinking oh shit i haven't done this i haven't done but that, what about I? stuff like the smear test smear test i'm always on top of i will say that is because someone in my hometown passed away very very young from cervical cancer actually just in the past year so that was very fresh in my mind i think she was 26 when she mm. died so that for me i think with most things when people have a personal connection to it it's always like, oh, yeah. actually, I'll keep on top of that one. So I do always keep on top of my smears. I'm always there because I'm like, I'm just one of those types of people. <laughs> I'm always there. My dentist, I'm always there. I know everyone in the surgery. Doctor, not as much. But like whenever I feel a bit funny, I'll always go. Yeah. And I think that that's such good advice. Like, don't put it off. Just go get it checked out mm-hmm. and take care of yourself and put you first. Right. We're going to move to a more serious and sensitive topic now you know i feel like quite a few of our episodes at this point have had a trigger warning on them sorry guys it's real if there are some fun topics you would like us to discuss but in terms of the news i mean there's a lot of not fun stuff happening for sure so we're just trying to be as reflective as possible of that you will probably have heard about the death of caroline flack for our international listeners and i know there's quite a few of you guys caroline flack is a british television presenter who worked on a couple of the biggest kind of reality tv shows here in the uk so that's our x factor love island i think she was on strictly come dancing or dancing with the stars or something like that as well she was very well known in the british and i would say irish media as well so very sadly she took her own life and yeah so we spoke about caroline flack a few episodes ago because it came out that there were allegations against her for domestic violence so there was like a altercation like a physical physical altercation between her and her partner and unfortunately i mean it's just so sad this has happened and she was meant to go on trial for this situation in two weeks so there was a lot going on like in her personal life essentially And actually, that's a great point in which you say that we spoke about the physical altercation that took place. We mentioned that not to detract from the sadness of what's happened with Caroline Flack, because suicide is one of the most heartbreaking things that a family, a friendship circle can ever go through. But it's important for us to kind of contextualize why we were speaking about her a couple of weeks ago. Jules mentioned the hashtag abuse has no gender at the time. And... Similar in the way that, you know, last week when we spoke about Kobe Bryant, we talked about the various components that make a a person and the bigs and the smalls and how they all, the good and the bad, comprise a a full picture of who a person is. That's why we mention the particular domestic abuse charge. Um, Also, I just, you know, similar to what I was saying in terms of the Kobe Bryant thing, I don't feel that people have to be perfect to be mourned. No, no, I absolutely agree. I don't care what was going on in Caroline Flack's personal life, right? Mm-hmm. I think what's happened is really, really tragic because she must have been, At she must have lowest. felt so terrible, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't wish that on anyone. And so I think for me, when I sort of highlight that, oh, this is what was going on in her life, it's not to sort of take away from the fact that this is tragic or to like judge her in any way. It just is what it is. Like that yes. was, that's the shadow or one of the shadows that was being cast over her. And it was also resulting in a lot of, people attacking her online yes and i think that that's the other reason that it's important to mention why she came up in our episode a couple of weeks ago at the risk of jumping too into the nitty-gritty 
basically police had been called to her apartment she was charged with domestic battery i believe her boyfriend subsequently dropped the charges but a restraining order was placed so that they could not be in contact with one another you know in the days in which we live of social media being judged jury and executioner she very quickly had to step down from her position as the host of itv's love island and as juliet's just said the social media kind of attacks went out of control so do you know much about what was happening on social media honestly really didn't yeah and it's just because we mentioned it obviously in our podcast but after that it wasn't something that was at the forefront of my mind yeah so everyone is like she's being attacked on social media i mean as a woman as a celebrity she was you're you're gonna be i mean you're a target on social media anyway but apparently she was experiencing a lot of like abuse online right and then so people are upset about the abuse that she was going through online well i think people are upset about the abuse that was going on online now because the unfathomable has happened and i think that you know you and i mentioned this a couple of weeks ago where i said imagine finding out that someone in your life was a troll and you said, oh, these people, they do it professionally. Like, they don't care. Mm. But there were probably a lot of people that you wouldn't expect who were messaging her, commenting on her posts, things like that. And now, because we have this horrendously sad result where she has taken her own life, the backlash against the backlash has started to take place. Yeah. So now it's the backlash against the backlash. From an online perspective... I just feel that places like Twitter, where a lot of abuse happens, companies like Twitter, Mm -hmm. companies like Facebook, maybe there's also abuse happening on Instagram, right? So a Facebook company. I just think that the companies, they need to make more of an effort to make Mm -hmm. online spaces safe. Yes. Like if I go to work or if I go to school and I'm being bullied... I would expect there to be policies in place, right, where Mm -hmm. this can be taken care of. But, like, the internet is basically, like, the wild, wild west when it comes to this type of thing. Yeah. Which is why I always say, like, I'm not not on Twitter because... It's a anything, Anything can happen. Yeah, it's a cesspit, basically. And so I think the issue, if we look at it from a cyberbullying perspective, Mm -hmm. it's very, very unfortunate and tragic what's happened to Caroline Flack, Right. And then I think about the young kids that are online Mm -hmm. and they're basically being bullied and are committing suicide or self-harming or, Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's basically making their mental health. It's like damaging their mental health. Right. And so, yes, a a backlash against a backlash. That's fine. But like, what is the next step? Like, how do we Mm -hmm. prevent this culture? Like, what is it that we're going to do? Because companies are basically profiting from like all this negativity yeah of course online what's the government doing like the erosion of your mental health yeah and it's very easy to say that and sound sanctimonious i'm on instagram i'm on facebook as you said i'm not on twitter because that's my hard line Mm. and i think that we've made it no secret on this podcast even if we hadn't made it a secret i think it's pretty easy to tell where juliet and myself fall on the political spectrum and the publications that we've spoken about ad nauseum, I think, in various episodes, The Sun, The Daily Mirror, Mail on Sunday, all of those ones who destroyed Meghan Markle are the same kind of culprits who were publishing absolute vile rhetoric about Caroline Flack as well. And actually on Valentine's Day, so again and this i'm so conscious that this is such a sensitive topic and i'm trying to reduce the amount of times that i say committed suicide but on friday the day before caroline flack took her own life the sun i believe actually took the opportunity to reprint pictures from her bedroom on the night of the domestic battery charge as well as publishing valentine's cards that made fun of the situation that had taken place subsequent to her death the sun and the mail and these other publications began removing their own previous articles in earnest that they had written about her situation i think the internet is a crazy place in a sense that Mm -hmm. on the previous podcast i was like there's been a lot of turbulence in caroline flack's life like 
mm-hmm. there's always something going on with her like when i heard about the domestic violence allegation it's not like i was surprised there's always something going on and so when you're a public figure like we have a tabloid culture in this country okay. so yeah absolutely it's part and parcel of the job to a certain extent but is it like I, and i say that i'm not trying to be devil's advocate it obviously is and when you think about the sun oh right but I, what i mean is like it obviously is part and parcel or else celebrities wouldn't feel that they had to have a social media presence because let's be real for a second like if colleen rooney and you'll all remember i think rebecca vardy gate if she has a private insta and then her public persona instagram so do all celebrities but the fact that celebrities feel that they need to have a public one that wherein they engage with their fans and constantly share aspects of their lives with us where did that come in to play because that wasn't always part and parcel of being a celebrity yeah so now it is like absolutely for sure like if you are a celebrity who wants to be in the limelight like you you need to create a space to interact with your fans and Mm -hmm. so that's where the social media aspect comes from if we look at the press in this country Mm -hmm. like they are brutal like everybody knows that right it's it's the culture like that's what the british press is like and so it's a real it's a tricky situation you mentioned i'm kind of like what what do you really expect from the sun basically no for sure but you actually asked at the end of our last episode what is britain leading in bullying (laughs) bullying actually (laughs) that's what the uk is leading in the uk is actually leading on bullying yeah absolutely for sure gutter the gutter press yeah and you know that it must be bad when the american press is looking at the british tabloid press and thinking how was that allowed to happen yeah and obviously again you know my political leanings i think pretty clearly at this point in the podcast i am not a fan of a lot of the american press either but different story altogether we are talking about something we're talking about a type of press here that profits off exploitative false narratives yeah and how far is that allowed to go there'll always be people who say things like freedom of the press freedom of the press freedom of the press and freedom of speech right right that doesn't mean always i think what people think it means Mm. it means that you can share a share a tweet or tweet a link or whatever the case may be and you can write something that is maybe unpalatable but when i think of freedom of the press and freedom of speech i think about ronan farrow and the piece that he wrote helping to expose harvey weinstein Mm. i don't think about the sun that bastion of journalistic integrity and them sharing pictures Mm. of caroline flack's bedroom I think for me, what's really sad about the Caroline Flack situation is that like she was still like posting online and mm-hmm. like on the outside looking fine, yeah. right? And you just don't know kind of like what lies underneath and like the support that somebody needs. Yeah, Right, so course. nobody knew like she was like having a, a mental breakdown. No, and I think as well now, within that is important and to she know. said just in sort of one of her statements before that you know she has feels that she has been having a she felt that she was having a mental breakdown for a, a really long time which is why i say mental breakdown no 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 of yeah. course i think as well though just to that point it's important to note that sometimes when you lose someone to suicide and there may be people listening to this who have lost someone to suicide that there can also be the narrative of oh you know no one knew that they were suffering and it's like if only i'd looked a bit Mm. closer if only i had asked this specific question that means that that person would have revealed to me yes i am in danger of taking my own life and the fact is that that scenario doesn't exist so take whatever comfort from that that you can if you are listening to this podcast and you have been in that situation Caroline Flack probably did an incredibly good job of putting a brave face on it, Mm. even with her nearest and dearest, because she also said in another one of her posts that she had tried to reach out to someone with regards to her mental health and had been told that she was draining, that she was a draining person to be around. Who? What? One of her friends? Yeah. And we need to hold the press accountable for their coverage of all kind of situations, you know, there are so many that I could list off the top of my head. Um, Jamila Jamil apparently now having Munchausen's and, 
you know it's very difficult i think for me it's very difficult to blame the press no that's exactly what i was going to say i was going to say there's a degree of culpability in the press there also needs to be a degree of personal culpability yeah in the sense that okay love island winter is like happening right now yeah right there is no way that caroline should have be doing love island winter like she should be taking some time out for herself she wasn't no no she lost oh, her job yeah, but yeah the yeah. plan was for her to be to, yes yeah, to yeah, be yeah. doing the love island winter like it was literally just coming up right mm-hmm. so it's really difficult because it's like yes what do we do to move forward all right internet can't control it press can't control it loved ones can't control it mm-hmm. so then i'm like oh what do we do mm-hmm have you seen that episode of Black Mirror where the the bees, the electronic bees are distributed and they basically, long story short, they kill someone who's ever written something nasty about another person No, I don't online. think I've seen that one. And obviously I'm not suggesting that we start to introduce mass culling of people who troll or say nasty things on the internet. I am suggesting that they're becomes a bit more of a, like a degree of unacceptability around those things how do we put that acceptable in which is why people are the internet people anonymizes people <laughs> yeah, right yeah. it's not acceptable like if you went online and you saw someone you know bullying somebody online yeah. like you would be mortified it's not acceptable oh absolutely right and so that's why i put it down to the tech companies because i'm like shouldn't you be putting systems and frameworks in place that stop this behavior mm-hmm. well these people should be driven off platforms like twitter mm-hmm. like they should be on the dark web you know? yes yeah it should yeah, be yeah. seen as like that messed up you know no for sure right so if you've got an algorithm where you are listening to the personal conversations that i'm having and you're advertising things to me surely you could <laughs> create an algorithm right yes. that stops people from being able to bully people online well and i think that this also opens up a, a broader conversation whether you guys then start to have conversations amongst yourselves off the back of this about self-awareness and what you actually think is okay and what isn't so i introduced that because of piers morgan having the audacity to tweet about how lovely a woman caroline flack was how sad her passing is how sorely she will be missed and that we should all try to be kinder to people online i mean the irony of that is just unbelievable but also the myriad of responses underneath that said things like you are so lucky that this wasn't Meghan markle based on your treatment of her how can you have such a disconnect between the way that you've behaved towards people online but mm. now it's someone you know and it's someone you quite like so you feel that you're on a moral high ground yeah but people are like that they don't people are very complex and very mm, contradictory so he's a hypocrite i don't even oh, yeah. have time i mean like he's just head. he's just yeah he's a, he's just got i just don't want to talk about him no <laughs> no no of course but what i mean is that people will justify people, it when it's yeah. one thing yeah and then be against it when it's another yeah I think for me as well, when I think about this situation, I just think about the illusion of connectedness that the internet gives Gives us. us. And so when I was saying like, you know, check on your friends, it's like, yeah, you cannot prevent a loved one from committing suicide, Mm -hmm. right? But you can really be mindful about checking on people that you care about, right? Mm -hmm. And just because you're connected on Instagram and you see what's going on in their life, the highlight typically like of their yeah. life right it doesn't mean that they don't need additional support it doesn't mean that you have the full picture because like you said like when caroline flack reached out maybe to a friend in the past it was like oh you're draining right mm. but like maybe you'll be that person that has the patience to oh, listen or can sure. maybe like refer them to professional services right because some people do need more professional help mm-hmm. like was she not doing counseling I have no idea. Because that hasn't come up in any of the coverage. I think even you saying that is an interesting point because I was running late this evening. So basically I got an Uber the last little bit of my way to the studio and Uber driver was asking me what we were talking about tonight in the podcast. I mentioned it was Caroline Flack. We had a brief discussion about, you know, he said it's so sad, that poor girl. I guess we'll never really know really what was going on, but I'm sure it will come out or I'm sure we'll find out at some point. Mm. And I said, it's interesting how... I think that we as a culture, we as a society 
think that we retain some degree of ownership of celebrities and so we think that we have the right to know those stories but you do to a certain extent because as a celebrity you're profiting off people that you don't know supporting you yes but is that support it's a contract but it but i'm contracted to work whatever i don't even know 47 hours a week like outside of that time if someone says oh can you talk to me a little bit about venture capital data I am within my rights to be like, no, but you can contact me uh, on Monday at 8. And you are within your rights. Like, Caroline Flack was well within her rights to take a break from social media. Right. But this is what I mean. But us then thinking that, oh, well, eventually we'll find out if she was having counselling or something like that. That's not up to us to know. We're curious about it. No, I was just asking in the sense that, you know, I feel everybody needs counselling. Like, all people. I feel it's so beneficial. And so in her... The statement that was put on Instagram by her family, she's saying like I've I was I've been having an emotional breakdown for so long. I've experienced so many things. I've brushed things under the carpet, and you know when you pull up that carpet, there's so much shame. This is quite reflective, right? No, so for sure. I was it's just wondering, language. you know, if she had been seeking counselling because in terms of, like from a mental health perspective, like speaking to someone, having therapy, having counselling, like that helps mm-hmm. work through some issues. And I think as well, I think part of the reason that this has hit quite hard in a lot of circles is because from an outsider's perspective, and I know that this is a line that's trotted out so frequently, but she seemed to have it all insofar as she was wealthy, she was attractive, she was successful. And we can't imagine, firstly, people like that struggling with mental health. We also can't imagine them having barriers to the resources that they need to have good mental health. Barriers in what sense? So when I think of barriers to good mental health, I think about things like finances. It's always top of my list. Can people afford counselling? Can people afford to take a break from work? Whatever the case may be. Yeah, well, they don't have those barriers, but there are other barriers. No, of course, but that's what I mean. We, We always think of it, we tend to think of things from our own experiential viewpoint, right? Where say I but of course Caroline Flack must have been having therapy god she could easily afford to see one every day of the week yeah but I don't think counseling I mean yeah definitely like there's a there's a financial aspect to it some people can't afford to get that care but when I think about when I when I asked that oh was was she in counseling it's nothing to do with money oh no no, some people just don't want to do it they're just like some people just want to solve things on their own think it will pass think it will pass brush it under the carpet there are so many different barriers Mm -hmm. and yes i think people think that money solves everything yeah and status solves everything and it just doesn't it only actually solves about 80 percent of things you guys i I don't think even so i I know enough (laughs) depressed millionaires uh, yeah (laughs) to know that you know sometimes they can be even more depressed when people have done studies on in terms of like happiness it's never the affluent people that are the happiest no but it's happy up to a point i think it's something that once you're earning like between 100 and 150 grand a year those people are the happiest because you've got enough money to like make your mortgage repayments save have a couple of nice holidays a year globally those people are the happiest like the happiest people are always the people whose happiness is not about material things so it's always Develop people in developing countries that end up being the happiest. Oh, of course, but that's because they're they have free the communities. Of capitalism's shackles. No, but no, you're still it's still they're still in the shackles of capitalism. But they have the communities, right? So mm. when you read because Yohan Hari's book Lost Connections, um, yeah, and it focuses a lot on like it, it, you know, it's basically a book about depression and how can we manage depression or this like growing mm-hmm. sense of depression that people are in, and it's like community. Yeah, community is, is absolutely huge. key. A sense of purpose is absolutely key. So there are so there are other things beyond money mm-hmm. that can like make you f- fulfilled yeah. and connected and happy. And so yeah, I never look at someone and think, oh my god, they're so rich. Like, how could they ever be sad? Like, <laughs> I think it's completely legitimate. <laughs> no, of course, to be in your Lamborghini and feel shit. Like, I, I that is a reality for people. <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah, I think this is such a difficult one. Why do you think that this has impacted people the way that it has? Because it's like, 
still in the news it's like still front page in the uk is it just because she is a celebrity no i think quite honestly it's still in the news because people are horrified that in a very real way they might have played a role in this Mm. and i think that that is a stain that doesn't come out too easily you know i think that there's like a degree of quote unquote glamour to it because she was a celebrity but i think that this casts such an ugly light on our tabloid culture and people are really having to take a look at themselves now this is one of those situations where there has been a clear correlation and there often is a clear correlation but we fail to call it out as such but in this particular situation there is such a clear correlation between how she has been treated by members of the public and by the media and the result in which she was pushed to a desperate point of thinking that she was better off dead yeah so i think i think what you're saying is right in the sense of the people like bullying her online definitely played a part in terms of her mental health her losing her job her purpose Mm. right -hmm. because she loved that job she was great at what she did i think losing her purpose was huge Mm -hmm. you know there's yeah and the impact that this has had on her family and her loved ones was very very difficult for her i'm i'm not sure of the intricacies of the situation with itv so i don't want to speak to this too much or i don't want to go too deep here i'm unclear as to whether or not she was just being placed on leave for a year or had she stepped away entirely i know that the narrative now has switched a little bit to oh no her job was always there for her to come back to but that certainly wasn't the way that it was presented before christmas when this all first happened so that's an interesting point to think about here in contrast aunt mcpartland who who is anton deck oh right yep he was arrested on drink driving charges yeah yeah. went to rehab i think was in a car accident i uh, again actually i'm not going to go down that because i can say i think he was in a car accident there was the life of a child or something like that they held his job for him there was an accident yeah you know there was all of this stuff he walked right back into his job these situations are not like for like i appreciate that i know that there is a huge degree of seriousness with charges of domestic battery or domestic violence i also know that men find it harder to speak out in those situations so i'm not trying to create a like for like here but i am introducing a kind of a pause for thought no but i mean sexism that's why i said she's a woman and she's a celebrity like Mm. online you're always going to be attacked a lot more right and it's like that philip schofield guy coming out talking about coming out like out of the closet Mm -hmm. right and saying oh i'm gay i've been married for like 20 plus years and couldn't even read the statement himself Mm -hmm. the colleague yeah you guys know british tv more than i do the colleague is reading the statement and then everybody was like oh my god he's so courageous right (laughs) but you know other people don't get the same level of support mm. right because then when oh, the I whole mean... like um jamelia jamil thing everyone just like went crazy when she said that she, yeah that it was a deflection that she's that she's queer right so women i mean there's a double standard like yeah, women of course women just get treated badly yes i agree get really get treated really badly online and in the media but it's true when you mentioned that ant and deck thing because it was like it never happened Oh yeah, he came he back. They literally back. just won like some award at like the Baftas, like I know, or whatever it, was, it is that it, they won. As soon as they he won came an back, award he won for an like award, year ten, right? the tenth year, they they, just, they keep they oh, one award God, that they keep winning like every year. And I was like, whoa, this is awful. Like, how can you win the same award for ten years? Like that's <laughs> British no, TV. There's no innovation. Like, what the hell is this, <laughs> right? And so, um, it's so difficult with the Love Island franchise because, like, yes. Love Island is like so problematic. Anyway, Love Island is so problematic. You already had a Love Island contestant a few years ago that killed herself. You've had two Love Island. So there've been two, right? So there've already been two Love Island mm-hmm. contestants that killed themselves. I think that when Caroline Flack had this like personal issue, they just wanted to distance themselves yes. from it because they weren't prepared for the, another bad they, press. They hit. were just like, we can't take it. And now the Love Island host has killed themselves. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. So I don't think it was handled well. No. 
I don't think it was handled well. And I, I just, you know, obviously there is a, a triteness, you could say, to people now saying, oh, just be kind, lift one another up. Kindness is underrated, guys. I'm all about it. It is. No, it's so, so important. I'm all about being kind. And being kind and saying something that you would feel happy saying to someone's face if you're going to say it to them online. But I think actually a lot of the time, even when people say, oh, well, I'd say it to their face, like I'm just that kind of person, just don't say it anyway. Like after you've put your phone down and you've said something to someone about someone, like truly you don't know the ripple effect that you've caused in that person's life. But what I think is important is when I'm talking about be kind, absolutely. But also more than that, it's like, again, to be completely extreme in my comparisons it's not enough to be not racist you've got to be anti-racist it's not enough to be kind you have to be genuinely anti-unkind you do like you do all well and good to be like oh yeah i'm gonna repost the post that caroline flack put up about oh be kind you never know what's going on but what have you done up until that point yeah so if you want to shift the culture, so if you want to shift this like troll culture or like this like bullying culture, yeah, you have to be proactively against mm-hmm. that bullying and that negativity. That yeah, I just... think that's all we can do. Like, what else can we do? I don't know. And that's the thing. You're right that social media itself is just completely ungovernable. Yeah. But um, I think it is governable, but I don't think it's, it's profitable. Not... <laughs> when it's governed go- when it's governed <laughs> right and so that's why twitter's just like yeah we're gonna you know like we don't care yeah facebook doesn't care tiktok apparently now they have like controls where the parents can approve the content oh okay so tiktok is really doing its thing like i don't know if you're fo- like tiktok is sick are you following tiktok okay so i had a thing a couple of years ago where i was mentoring just for a day it was kind of talking to secondary school students it was an all-girls school in Whitechapel and we were talking about social media and how you have to be careful with the presence that you cultivate of yourself online and so with the group of girls that I was working with we had to list all of the social medias that we knew and it was such a humbling experience for me truly because I thought I was young but obviously you realize then teenagers are looking at you and you are old oh you're very old and I said tiktok but however i said it they were laughing so hard it must have been like hearing a grandmother be like instagram (laughs) and they were going uh yeah that's not what it's called but yeah kind of and i was going oh how do you say it and for me it was genuinely like they were going oh tiktok and i was going oh right tiktok and they're going not really No, but TikTok is, first of all, I really like TikTok. I really like the kids doing dancing and stuff with their parents yeah, on TikTok. It's, cute. it's like super viral. I'm definitely going to be the mum that's like doing the TikToks, like all about that. <laughs> and now they've introduced these parent controls where the parents mm-hmm. can actually like approve the content, which I think is super cool because I like the idea of, you know, I, 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 don't like the idea of like what kids are doing now where they have like a secret instagram oh yeah i know do you know what i mean so i think it's really cool to have like almost like a family friendly mm-hmm. social media platform where kids that are like, into spending time with their parents and like their yeah. teachers and stuff like that like they have tiktok and it's super cool it's tough because i often think that i would be the type of parent that made their child into a complete Luddite because mm. I'd just be like, I don't want you on social media. It's so toxic. And they get to like 18 and they're like, and they're going what crazy. is phone? It's so, <laughs> I, in this day and age, yeah. you just can't, it's so difficult to control. Yeah. And I, I guess- Your kid's exposure to the internet, like it's so hard. What happened to the ASBOs? Why don't we have an ASBO for the internet? Do you remember the ASBO when they used I, to give all the chats so to ASBO? I was literally thinking about ASBOs yeah. the other day. Yeah. They got rid of them, I think, because, I mean, they're inherently classist, I think. Yeah, I mean, it was um, pretty classist because they were just giving ASBOs to chaps, right? Yeah. But they need to have something like that, but for the internet. So there's actually a consequence when you get caught I absolutely being agree. a troll online. I think the problem is as well that no one's ever going to cop to being a troll so no, but it's so easy to find them they're so easy to find them but you've got to be prepared to dox them what do you mean dox them a dox it like when is when you reveal someone's personal 
information online so you get like their avatar so say if i got your avatar and then i dox you by saying okay well this is her full name this is her address and this is where she works yeah so you've got to be prepared to do that when you see like a troll account you've got to be like but shouldn't okay. the police be doing that i'm sure but when you think about it like how many hundreds of thousands of people are... it's not illegal to troll mm -hmm. apparently but i think it there needs to be something in place where it becomes like a misdemeanor it should be like drinking in public or like mm -hmm. doing something. You, there needs to be a report. But how many, I have reported, I have to say, so much stuff on Instagram. I don't know about you. When I see yeah. things that I'm like, that is like unacceptable. I'll often report the comment, report the content. It's offensive to me. It insults someone. Literally 99.9% .9 of the time, I will get a response from Instagram saying, thanks for reporting this. We didn't see anything wrong with this content. Yeah, but Instagram and it's Facebook and they don't care. Yeah, and they don't care. What I would say is to your, your point there about trolling and asbos, there is actually a really great book called Kill All Normies, Online Culture Wars from 4chan and Tumblr to Trump and the alt-right. And it's I would love to read that. It is really interesting. Have you read that? I would now, love to read that. It's, a, it's almost like it's written as almost like a scientific Send paper. me the, the link because I need to find a book this month and I, I'm really fed up of reading, but this is nonfiction. I'm so fed up of reading nonfiction now. Yeah, uh, I actually way prefer fiction than nonfiction, but yeah. you are often... I'm always reading like nonfiction, so maybe mm -hmm. this will be like my last nonfiction for a while. So it's by Angela Nagel, published by Zero Books, but I will find my copy and I'll get it to yeah. you. I would really recommend it. It's just a very interesting study of internet subculture. I will say, if anyone is reading it with any degree of confirmation bias, you will be upset because it does talk at length about how the liberal left is just as toxic in its echo chambers and like your Bernie bro kind of. That's what I was just about to say when you mentioned 4chan, right? Because if you're following the democratic primaries that are happening right now, the mainstream media tries to link Bernie bros to like 4chan, mm. right? I need to read that book. Yeah. But it's... what this is doing is actually delegitimizing mm -hmm. someone like Bernie Sanders who literally just wants... Healthcare. healthcare right so <laughs> healthcare and free I, don't, education. I don't buy into like that that bernie bro i think that the bernie narrative bro because when you mentality. actually look when you actually look at bernie's followers mm. right it's what it's a pretty diverse coalition right so I the bernie bros so, thing is but the bernie bros is like a subdivision of that and they're the people who are very much so like bernie or bust never hillary and so a lot of yeah the, but a lot of people feel that way that's like a lot of people feel the bernie that way, bro but... thing is is a bit because it's it's literally like basically trying to push it down to like the dark web because i'm basically a bernie bro then what you wouldn't vote for anyone i'm literally a bernie bro like if i was american i would not have voted for hillary right you will love this but i actually have a bernie sticker from 2016 when is it already used because if it's not i'll have it no no no. it is already <laughs> used i'm afraid it's my one of my best friends at the time is going out with a bernie bro i don't think he'd take offense to that term though he's not one of those there's nothing bernie wrong bros. with being when they say those bernie bros what are they talking about the 4chan bernie bros but I who i need to see the evidence of this 4chan bernie bro thing yeah, no, I mean, I think that it is like one of those things where... <laughs> like, there all are Bernie wants is yeah, but healthcare. There's nothing wrong with Bernie. I think it's a critique of the kind of people that are being like, yeah, I'll only support Bernie. And if anybody else comes up on the Democratic ticket, whereas a lot more people, it's a bit like the general election in the UK, where people were saying, okay, we'll vote tactically. You might be a Lib Dem, but the gap between... Labour and Tory is closer here, so you need to vote Labour. But the onus so... is on the party to d deliver oh, for a message sure, but and a vision geez. that people can get behind. Like that's what Trump's doing over there, right? Mm -hmm. They but can no, but I just rally think... and inspire their people. I think that the Republican Party are just better. They're completely They're... different in their mindset. Like they all just get in line. Mm -hmm. Yes. So. Oh my gosh, I think that that is true of right politics around the world. Though. Yeah, I agree with that absolutely. Right wing will toe the party line will be like, yeah, for the greater good. I mean, fucking hell, excuse my language. All you need to think about is Ted Cruz, 
getting his <laughs> wife, getting the shit slagged out of his wife yeah. and how ugly she was yeah. by Donald Trump. And then literally squabbling for a, yeah. a seat in Trump's cabinet, yeah, which yeah. he didn't get. Yeah, it's really, like, yeah. What you're saying is, is absolutely true. And so... Whereas the left will tear themselves apart. The left will definitely tear themselves apart. But it's, it's complex, guys. Yeah. It's too complex for today. It's too complex for today. But as a roundup, I was going to say be nice, but I feel like that's so reductive. Take the time to remember this because I do think that this is a really seminal moment in our culture. I hope it's a seminal moment. I hope this doesn't just get forgotten about. I think it will absolutely get forgotten about. All you can do is in, from an individual level mm-hmm. is really, yeah, be kind, be compassionate, take care of people that you love, take care of yourself, you know, get the help that you need because society-wise, it's all going the wrong way <laughs> suicide is a it's increasing though long-term solution to a short-term problem as well yeah you know whatever you think is insurmountable is hopefully not and if someone tells you you're draining move on to the next person fuck that person yeah and yeah. i say that with a degree of flippancy i can't imagine how that person is feeling now but i have been in the situation where i've tried to talk about my mental health with someone and their response was literally to say to me didn't you just get married why are you still talking about that Woo. it's like oh goodness i didn't realize they canceled each other. i should have gotten married sooner <laughs> so there are always going to be pig ignorant people basically and you hope that those pig ignorant people take the opportunity to learn from their mistakes ultimately uh, it's so hard I wish that we had a, a cheery byline that we could finish on here but the fact is that a young woman has taken her life a family are without their sister their daughter a group of friends are without their friend and you know I know that it's easy we've said this as well to whitewash people after they've gone but I'm sure that she was a great person who maybe did not great things that is true of us all let us all strive to be the type of great people who occasionally do not so great things there are no guarantees in this life but i think that on a micro level we can just try to be nicer to one another and see the ripple effects that that has on a macro level absolutely and i think that first of all being nice is also good for you like it's it's good for you it actually is better for your skin yeah it's better for your skin guys i would like to shout out like one of our listeners simi who actually mentioned us in her recent like vest pod money talks article and she said that the jules and phoebe podcast was one of her favorite podcasts so absolutely wanted to shout out simi yes and you can find Simi online. So she's the founder of Ungalleried. So at Ungalleried, she has a really dynamic business focusing on contemporary art. And we would love to hear from like our listeners, like reach out to us, follow us on at Jules Phoebe on Instagram. Let us know what you would like us to talk about. If you've got some happy topics, please, please, please send us some happy topics and please share this podcast with a friend. Yes. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Acast, and Spotify. And it's all just Juliet. No, it's all Jules and Phoebe. Got the name of her own podcast there. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening, guys. And yeah, we love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.